Team Awesome is back. That's right. Team Awesome is back. And guess what else is back? The series. Finally. Okay, this is the last hiatus episode of season two because in mere days we will have Tangled back. Thank God. This has taken forever. Um, so Disney has continued advertising Rapunzel's Tangled adventure on social media. D23 has made an Instagram post advertising it. Today, Facebook actually put the schedule up. Uh, we only have one small difference from Germany's schedule where we've got um, the Brothers Hook and Rapunzel Day 1 flip-flopped, but we're still seeing them both on the same day anyway, so it doesn't really matter what order they're in. Guys, I honestly think that they listen to us. Mm -hmm. I think that the Air More Tangled campaign has been very successful, but I'd also like to point out that this is a victory, but if we stop now, and it's, then it's a minor victory. Mm -hmm. So what we really need to be doing is we need to thank them. We need to thank them for listening to us because positive reinforcement is actually even better than negative reinforcement. This is going to be like, okay, well, now that you have listened to us, we are aware that you have listened to us, and thank you for listening to us, and there's still some things you could do to keep the series strong. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Disney's paying attention to the series, to the fans, that's like a huge relief. It's so great. I like was near tears almost all day yesterday after I realized that they they actually listened to us, you know? And that that schedule thing was really cool. Like, they've never done that before. Yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> up on Facebook before. And the fact that they're hitting up different social media platforms, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God, we did something. I'm so proud of all of us because mm -hmm. we worked our butts off and Disney paid attention. So round of applause for you guys. Thank you so much for Ooh. all the hard work you've done. And keep it up. And I love you guys. And yay. Um. Once again, thank you to everybody who has seen the episodes in German for your discretion on Tumblr. For the most part, um, Tumblr has been pretty safe to go around. Instagram's a different story. Yeah. Instagram has been a minefield of spoilers. <laughs> um, I, for one, have only gotten like two. I know Kelsey's gotten like a handful of spoilers. I have people who will randomly message me, oh, God, I just got a major spoiler and I didn't even want it. And so, like, Instagram is a different story than Tumblr. Tumblr's being pretty cool and I really, really appreciate I'm like looking I'm like looking out for you. Like somebody posted something in the tags yesterday and didn't tag it enough. And I was like, watch out. Everybody just watch out. This is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and I appreciate that because it's like I mean, and I can't tell you the number of people where it was untagged entirely. And I just messaged him privately, like, could you please tag that? <laughs> please. That's a spoiler that people don't necessarily want to see. And so like Everybody's been really cool about it, too. Like, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. So it's like if I ask them to tag things, then they go back and they tag them or they delete the post altogether or yep. something like that. So um, good job on that, guys. I really appreciate it. We don't have too much longer before we're going to need all these spoiler warnings. Um, speaking of spoilers, I know I made a post about it the other day, but I'm going to remind people that Internet Etiquette is for a TV series. Tag something as a spoiler for at least a week after it aired. So, yes. Peril on the High Seas has been out in Germany for two weeks at this point. Three weeks? Mm. Anyway, yeah. a couple weeks. I think it's three. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's three weeks at this point. But you need to keep tagging the spoilers for another week after after Sunday. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to keep going on. Um, we have not yet gotten any new episode titles beyond You're Kidding Me. 
So uh, we don't know if Germany is like waiting for the U.S. to catch up or if they're going to go back to their way behind us schedule or what's going on with that. Mm -hmm. But um, by the end of March, U.S. and Germany might be neck and neck. Will it be time for the finale by then? I can't remember. Um, I know we've talked about it before. Possibly the finale. There might be an episode or two more before the finale. Um, I don't know exactly how they've got it numbered, but I know that... um, I'm anticipating 11 or 12 episodes in the, you know, left to the mm-hmm. season, including the ones we've gotten. We've gotten nine if you count, um, if you count Rapunzel and the Great Tree as two episodes. Mm-hmm. So that means that we've still got like one regular length one and two and okay. then um, the finale after that. Yeah. So, cool. and you know, just like with season one, the one before the finale might be kind of like lead into the finale. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, Which makes it seem like maybe you're kidding me isn't gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's Possibly, the big episode leading know. into the finale. Oh God, I'm ready. Hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So um, we've also we've gotten um, the release date for the third and probably final comic series. It will begin in March. I got this information from the IDW publishing website. I know there was a post that went around recently that said it was going to be May, but I think that May might be when the last issue comes out as mm-hmm. opposed to the next issue, or that might be when like the combined book. Cause I know that each of the tangled series, co- tangled comic series have also been published in like a single book. If you don't want to get the individual issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still going for March because I mean, when I went to my comic book shop to be like, Oh, Hey, here's the title of the new one. They're like, Oh yeah, that's March. So I I'm pretty sure we're in March for that one. So next month we are getting not only the, you know, continuing season two, but the comic is coming out. Um, that's going to be great. So we're actually kind of, you know, when it rains, it pours tangled. I say that all the time, you know? Every time something happens with tangled, we get a lot of tangled all at the same time, Mm -hmm. and I'm really great. There's been so much lately, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to handle it all. (laughs) Yes, I know. We went on this six-month dry spell, and all of a sudden, we've got all this tangled. Um, I'm still hoping that with Disney's apparently renewed interest in the series, that Maybe they'll actually start making episode promos again. Maybe they'll like take some of those books that they decided not to publish and go ahead and publish mm-hmm. publish them, like the journal replica. Yes. Um, I'm kind of hoping with the journal replica that they were actually intending to do that for season three. Like I thought that maybe they were gonna be like releasing one a season. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just might do an entire big bound one and release a season three. I mean, I'm hoping, but I don't have high hopes because yeah. who knows. It's um, Disney. We'll make more merch. Yes. Maybe. That would be amazing. I know the Toy Fair was recently, and uh, there were no new Tangled toys in the Toy Fair other than, like, the Hasbro Princess stuff. And, like, um, Disney. So. Come on. Come on. I want Disney. that adventure want- outfit in my life, uh, on my right? shelves. Right? <sighs> Gosh. All right. So, tonight we are going to cover the final three episodes of season one and you know they're all linked together they're all leading up to the to the finale of season one it's the variant block (laughs) so these were all like pretty intense and emotional episodes these three episodes combined um it's almost like it's one great big two-hour finale um so we start with the quest for varian um the quest for varian was like okay this was written by ricky roxburgh and Yes, I have every episode he's written memorized. Not like 
all of the dialogue memorized, but I know each of the episodes that he has written because, you know, that happens. Because they hurt. It's because he's our fave. If it makes, if it, if it injures you in your heart, then Ricky probably wrote it or at least had something to do with it. I remember we knew, didn't we know we were going back to the tower in this episode, but we had no idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We weren't going to be coming back. The severity of the tower in this episode i mean and this one like i remember watching this episode the first time it felt a lot longer than you know the 22 minutes Uh that these episodes are i was like wasn't that like a 45 minute episode what just (laughs) happened so this one was like all over the place so you start out with this you know casual little carriage ride while they go out to find these you know they're out doing whatever they're doing and Mm -hmm. and you know, and this is the episode where I finally said, okay, Eugene and Cassandra are genuinely friends. Mm-hmm. Because this is the one where Eugene cracks the joke about Cassandra being cold-blooded. And when he points out that it was a joke, she goes, oh, well, I walked into that one. So there was, like, zero retaliation. Mm-hmm. There were zero hurt feelings. I'm like, oh, my God, they're actually friends. Like, they have now officially reached friend status at this point. <laughs> so... I mean, because, like, even in Painter's Block, they were, like, bickering while they were saving each other's butts, you know? So mm-hmm. so, so this was the first time I'm like, there's nothing but friendliness between them at this point. I mean, it's not like, it's sibling friendliness. It's it's the way you treat your, your brother and sister. It's fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. So Rapunzel, this whole episode starts out with Rapunzel has this dream. And it's really cool because we hadn't seen her have, like, a prophetic nightmare since the beginning of the season. Um, you know what? As a side note, I would love for her perfect dreams to come back. But, mm-hmm. like, I guess that would also make her hair start moving again, which, please, you know, the hair stopped moving. So, like, why did the hair stop moving? Get that back in order. That's, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a continuity error, but it's, like, why? Why did that happen? Bring it um, back. So, it starts out with the dream. And, you know, Varian's telling her to face her destiny and, and Frederick gets encased in rocks and it's her birthday and all that fun jazz. And then she wakes up and she's suspended from the tower and Eugene runs in and he saves her. She falls. And that was great. You know, so that's so great. Um, so then she, you know, she's talking to Frederick about it. He's like, oh, well, all the spikes have been removed. Yada, yada, yada. So they just are out doing whatever it is that they're doing. You know, I'm not even sure why they were out and about. Oh, because, oh, never mind. I remember. Ha ha. I just watched this episode. Um, <laughs> it's because um, then Rapunzel finds a lantern that has a message from Varian on it, just like in her dream. And the the message requests that she go to Old Corona and find the graphic and to watch out because there will be people watching her. Mm-hmm. Um so then they all go out to to do this, and they find out that not only did Frederick miss one rock, he basically lied to her face about. She's <laughs> like, her. they missed a hundred. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so he missed a rock. He missed a hundred. Yeah. So they go in, and we're all reminded that if Rapunzel touches, if Rapunzel's hair touches the rocks, then like they will explode. And we are reminded of this because as they're walking through, they the rocks keep lighting up in that cool blue way. And there was also a lot of really random 
expository composition. Well, not composition, obviously, because it's not written down. But there's exposition on Owl in this episode for some reason. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but they're like, oh, he only likes reptiles if he's allowed to eat them. And then it's like, oh, he's really, really good at navigating. And it's like, oh, by the way, he's also an attack owl and I trained him to go for the eyes. I'm like, I'm not sure why Owl was such a big highlight in this episode, but thanks, Ricky, for highlighting Owl. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe it's because Ricky realized that, like, we hadn't actually gotten to know Owl very well at all in the course of the series. So he wrote him in. Um, I love Owl. So they go into Varian's lab, which is extremely dusty and <laughs> out of use, and clearly nobody's been there for a while. And um, possibly one of the greatest moments in the entire series when Cass opens that box and she gets the face full of pink, and then Eugene giggles. Oh, that's my favorite part. That giggle, I can't stand it. I mean, it's the cutest freaking giggle. Like, what the hell even? That's not fair. <laughs> um, and so they find the graphic and they're getting ready to leave, and then Rapunzel notices there's this, I mean, she only just now noticed that there's this massive tarp over this massive form in the middle of the room. Oh, so I she, wonder what that could be. I wonder what that is. <laughs> so she pulls it down and she sees Kieran for the first time since Varian came and asked for help. And she realizes how severe it is. And she's like suddenly really, really upset because this, she blamed herself because, you know, Gothel raised her to have a guilty conscience. Mm -hmm. Um, I touched the rocks, the rocks grew, and because the rocks grew, Varian experimented on them, and so now Kieran's trapped in amber. Actually, you know what? <laughs> they had to come to that conclusion on their own. Mm -hmm. Gr granted, they've been coming to a lot of conclusions on their own about Varian being the cause of things, and they haven't been wrong, but they still came to the conclusions on their own, because it's like, all Varian said is that his dad was going to be entirely encased, mm -hmm. and... That amber is not the rocks, you know? Yeah. It's it's a chemical reaction coming off the rocks, but it's not like Varian took the time to explain that to her. No, he didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, so so Kira's trapped in the rocks, and now Rapunzel's all upset, and before she has proper time to really, you know, absorb what she's seeing, random stranger shows up. <laughs> it's like, give me the graphic! And so they fight this dude, and another great moment in this episode is when Cass goes after the dude, and the dude throws all, oh, you just picked on the wrong girl. Oh, I like, love that part. I love that bit. It's like, oh my gosh, because that is, you know, clue number two that they're genuinely friends now at this point. Because now he's like running, he's like defending her. And it's so great. I'm like so happy that they reached that point. Um, it would have been so, so funny you know, if Rapunzel like was like, oh, I'm so glad they're getting along. We're about to die, but that's so cute. <laughs> so, I mean, they fight the dude by throwing random alchemy at him, which probably wasn't the wisest choice. I mean, nothing came of it, but she's still throwing random chemicals at the dude. Like, come on, Rapunzel. She's doing um, her best. <laughs> so they escape him and they run outside and they go back through the tunnel of Black Rocks and they come out the other side and they find out there's actually more like a dozen dudes that are all dressed identically and they all got masks on so they're all helmets and so they don't know who this, these people are. And then Max comes to the rescue and he, he saves their, their butts by smacking everybody upside the head with a frying pan. Um, so they run off and they're like, we need a place to hide. And Rapunzel's like, I know the perfect place to hide. So despite the fact that just a couple episodes ago, she was like terrorized just a couple episodes ago in another mm -hmm. episode Ricky wrote she was like <laughs> traumatized to see the tower now she's like I know let's go hide in the tower which I guess is supposed to be indication that she has come to terms with what the tower means to her so just um, in time for it to fall down <laughs> yes so they go back to the tower 
and has, I mean, another fantastic Eugene moment where he's giving Maximus a tour of the tower by way of his relationship with Rapunzel. So, <laughs> I mean, this is where she hit me on the head for the first time. Here's the armoire where she, like, shoved me in there. Remember that, honey? That was a great first date. And this is where I died. That's the shard of glass that, like, I used to cut Rapunzel's hair. But don't worry, that's the one that stabbed me also. So, why the love face? I came back to life. I mean, although, I'll know that it wasn't glass that he was stabbed with. But no, it wasn't. Uh, no. It was not. But the knife is also still there. So, hey. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so Eugene is giving this fantastic tour. And he's looking out the window while doing the tour. And Rapunzel is, you know, in the meantime examining this graphic and it's just this piece of a scroll that's got like the sun and the moon and the sun drop and the moon drop and the sun drop is going down to the flower and the moon drop is going down to like a torn off edge that you can see bits of spike i love that scroll because we are still assembling pieces of the scroll mm-hmm. um so eugene's giving his tour and he glances out the window and he sees that they are now being followed by all those masked helmeted dudes who want them dead or whatever actually they just want the graphic but who knows i mean honestly who knows what they would have done if they had gotten hands on them Mm -hmm. like what would they have done so um also i'm gonna just pause here a moment to remind everybody that this is the episode that Tom Caulfield won a daytime Emmy for. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded of that because when he announced it, the, um, the storyboards that he posted were all from this scene. And that's what reminded me of it. Um, so yeah, he won an Emmy for this episode and that's kind of like amazing. Like the, the one award Tangled has managed to win has been his Emmy and it's a big freaking deal. Cause like, this is an award winning show. Well, it's not the one because they won one this year also, but um, that was, that was so cool. Oh my God. That was so cool. <laughs> the birds. Um, the birds. <laughs> so, you know, so they, so Rapunzel's like, you know, I'm not going to fight him with frying pans this time. She okay, Kelsey. Take it's it. my favorite part. Favorite yes. part. Oh, uh, she watched. She said, "They said, what are you doing?" She's like letting down my hair. I'm like, Whoop! every time. <laughs> Whoop! I love it. So I love that. I love that. And so she tosses her hair down out the window, and it brushes up against the spikes at the base of the tower, and it causes a big old like energy explosion, just like the first time she ever touched the spikes, and it knocks all the dudes back. But then, of course, it also gets the spikes to start growing and they go up the tower and everybody's like, Oh crap, we got to get out of here. So um, they go first, try to go down the stairs and the spikes are coming up the stairs. And this time, I don't know why I never particularly noticed this before, but while Rapunzel and Eugene are running, he's got part of her hair and she's got the rest of her Mm -hmm. hair. And it's literally, it's just when they were running from the flood, like she's got the first (laughs) half of her hair and he's got the back half. And I was like, oh my god, it's a movie homage that I somehow never quite caught on to until this exact moment. Um, so they climb to the roof of the tower. Yes, even Maximus. They even make a joke about how Maximus can climb. Um, so they like, get a- I guess horses can do that now. <laughs> He's like, whatever. He's literally just like, why is my life so weird? <laughs> <laughs> so they get up to the tower and the, the spikes are chasing him and chasing him and chasing him and tearing the tower apart. And Rapunzel's hair starts to glow and it like billows like a banner off the roof. And it's not that window windy. This is literally just more of her hair moving itself stuff. 
Um, and so she's like, guys, literally there's only one way to survive this. Just trust me. So everybody joins hands and they run and jump off the roof in this beautiful multi-angled slow motion shot. They're just falling off the roof and then her hair wraps itself around all of them and cushions their fall. And when it opens up, I've always loved Cass's reaction because that just goes to show that Rapunzel and Eugene never told Cassandra that her hair does weird things. Mm-hmm. Yes, secrets. Because they land and the hair opens up and Cass is like, did you see that? Is that new? And it's like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know. Cass didn't know that her hair could do this. And it's like, oh, that's kind of awesome. I kind of really love it. They kept they- the secret from Cass. Woo! That's one of those Fitzherberty secrets. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> One of many. <laughs> so fantastic. It's her really secrets. So then they come out of the hair and Rapunzel stands up and looks at the tower and it is literally just crumbling into a pile of rubble and she cries and I cried and we all cried because like that was just so impactfully emotional. And I just, I love how Rapunzel has this complicated relationship with the tower. Mm-hmm. Like it was her home. It was her prison. It was the location of all of her abuse. It was the place that all of her journals for the first 18 years of her life were on the walls in this place. It held all of her childhood memories and it just freaking falls down and is this pile of rubble and spikes. And it's like, Ricky, what the hell? <laughs> but Who gave this, you guys, the right? was actually a monumental moment in Disney animation. Because this is the first time in Disney animation that they were allowed to destroy a landmark. Mm-hmm. And this is not just like, you know, a landmark for the world. This was like one of Disney's landmarks. Disney does not use Corona pa- Palace very often, but they use the tower all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. This was a huge thing. I wonder how they convinced them. They're like, don't worry, she's going to cry. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so, no, part of how they did it was Roy Conley backed them up. And Roy Conley, for those who don't know, he produced the movie. He's the same guy who said we're not making a sequel. He's the same guy who says, as far as I'm concerned, there's never going to be a live action Tangled. I hope he's right about yes. that. If they make live action, oh, please. Tangled, Please, for the love of God, let Roy be right on that. (laughs) As another aside, if they ever decided to tackle a live-action Rapunzel, I would really appreciate if they, like, did Glenn Keane's story with Bastion. Or just literally anything except just regular Tangled. Well, part of the thing is that Tangled would not translate well into live action. No, I mean, it it's wouldn't. fine as like it's fine as like a Broadway musical because then you can make like a puppet Maximus and that works for Broadway. But they would just have this awkward CGI yeah. horse, or they'd get rid of him entirely. And what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like, and oh god, Pascal would be so scary. Oh, it'd be or terrifying. He'd either be terrifying. Uh-huh. He'd be entirely left out, and it's hard to say what they do because every stage adaptation leaves him out. Yeah. So it's like, what would they like, even what do? Chameleon? <laughs> it would be so like so. No matter what they do, they do it wrong. Yeah. I'm just I'm utterly convinced that no matter what they did, they would do it wrong. So if they decide to make a live action Rapunzel, stay away from Tangled. Just make a live action Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, so yeah, Roy, this guy who has said you know there's not going to be a sequel and there's not going to be a live action adaptation. 
he likes the series. We met him, Ellie and I met him in person when we went to the Annie's last year. And first of all, the dude is tall. Like, <laughs> holy cow, is Roy Conley tall. And Becky but, is tall, and I am the smallest. So, yes. like, yeah, he's <laughs> giant. He's like basketball player tall, guys. Like, seriously. Like, wow. like, seven feet something. I don't know. He's really tall. Um, but he's also super duper nice. Like, I don't know. I kind of didn't expect him to be that nice because he was the one who put his foot down and said, that's it. There's no more Tangled. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you jerk. You don't want there to be any more Tangled. Mm-hmm. And then I meet him and he's just this really nice guy. So he's like, like, hi. And I was like, so then it turns out that that he backed them up and he went against disney execs and said no let them do this it's a really good plot point to the story it fits in they're not destroying it for absolutely no reason you know so he didn't want to just destroy the tower for shits and giggles (laughs) he had a reason (laughs) so so yeah, they got so so they got the tower destroyed and they got permission to destroy the tower and that's amazing because now anytime we see representation of the tower anywhere in any of the Disney parks, we're like, yeah, but that fell down. Mm-hmm. You can goodbye. Nah. <laughs> I I I like to imagine that every time Ricky goes to Walt Disney World, he just goes to the tangled bathrooms and goes. <laughs> 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 oh, that's not there anymore. I knocked you down, tower. <laughs> He finds one of the he finds one of the Pascal. He's like, "I killed you." He points at the tower. "I killed you." He's got a tangled hit list. Yes, who knows he's going to die because Ricky wrote the series. Yeah, God. Um. So the tower has fallen down, and Rapunzel has cried, and she picks up the piece of the last mural she painted of herself sitting on the trees, looking at the lanterns, and it's just like so. Ricky's sitting here breaking our hearts into smaller and smaller pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and then they realized that like all of these people who were chasing them survived and so one of the dudes the lead dude his helmet has fallen off so rapunzel in this badass move i love mm-hmm. she marches up to him and she moves his helmet out of his reach with her foot and she makes him reveal himself and he looks up at her and it's the freaking captain of the guard and, and they were all like <gasps> oh man that was wild Shocking. That was shocking. And I loved it because he is like so defeated and apologetic because he isn't like he didn't want to go against the princess, but he followed the king's orders. And the final questioning in this episode is why did he want to keep this from us? And Rapunzel goes, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And that's the end of the episode. Yes, you are. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Kick your dad in the face. <laughs> <laughs> get really, really happy because, like, Rapunzel being pissed at Frederick is, it's phenomenal to me. Because, like, she deserves it. She deserves to yep. not, you know, be pushed around by her, her parents. Like, period. Like, she's dealt with that for 18 years. She's technically an adult now. And I've been mad about him reading her journal for ages mm-hmm. so like yeah so so now she's mad at 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 frederick and this leads directly into the beginning of the alchemist returns where she is marching down the halls to confront him she clearly just got back from this mission she's like hi um what the actual hell the best part <laughs> i love it that- she marches into the throne room and she throws open the doors and Frederick basically makes everybody leave. 
<laughs> He's just like, nope, y'all are dismissed. I got to talk to her. She's <laughs> she she knows. So like, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> so she goes and she's telling him off for lying to her, for sticking the guards on her, for all this stuff, and. She, he's like very it is dangerous and she's like that's beside the point you know she's like you, I don't care <laughs> so so she's also he's not dangerous I don't know why you're all like he attacked me because he didn't attack me you know <laughs> so yeah so she's she's not happy with Frederick and he basically dismisses her which is like such Frederick's style uh, he's like oh I didn't mean to hurt you Rapunzel blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah of course you didn't Frederick, you meanie Bobini. <laughs> Bobini, indeed. So she I'm loves. Just, I'm, never mind. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm clearly still in work mode because I'm saying things like meanie <laughs> Bobini. <laughs> she works with kids, guys. She doesn't say naughty things at work. No. Um, so Rapunzel, like, she's all frustrated and she needs to work this out and and. Eugene's helping her out. He's like, look, you'll think of something, but like, try to like relax a little bit. And so he's like, I'll go. And she hears, they hear Stan and Pete fighting. And he's like, I'll go find out what that's about. You take a break. So she takes a nap. (laughs) No, no, no. And here's the thing about the nap. The thing I love about the nap, and I've always loved this, it's just this tiny moment of animation where she lays down and she's got her hands kind of up framing her face. And as she's falling asleep, her fingers twitch. And it's Oh, and it's so minor and I love it like that's just so realistic and it wasn't necessary and so this just goes to show what great animation this series has mm-hmm. I mean you get little things like if a character is looking at another character their uh, pupils move around because they're not they don't have a fixed stare they're actually like just like when you look at something and your eyes rove all over it and your pupils move minutely they do that in this 2D animation and i love it and little things like the hair bounces or the fingers twitching or whatever it's just these tiny little moments of animation that they added it because they're good animators and, and they, that's why they did it they love when we see that kind of stuff like they i posted do. about Eugene's bangs and i had some animators messaged me and they were like, dude, we love when you guys see this, oh, that stuff yeah, and those little do. things. I was like, I just love it so much. <laughs> I remember when the series first started and Ellie and I were like really big on posting a, this particular expression is a direct homage to this moment from the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the animators were like, we do that. I mean, we studied this stuff so hard and you find it and that's awesome. We mm-hmm. love the recognition. So yeah, guys, you notice stuff like that and the animators love it that we notice stuff like that. Um, so she goes to sleep and she dreams that her dad is throwing a ball and he, she's dancing with him and he's apologizing to her, but then the spikes come and start tearing the ballroom apart and Eugene and Cassandra get trapped in the spikes and it's just like more nightmare and poor Rapunzel's stressy nightmares and they're just getting worse. And she wakes up and her hair is all over the place. And part of it is like strangling Pascal. And so her hair's like getting dangerous. And uh-huh. I think I, that's another reason why I want her hair to start moving again is because she didn't ever control it. She like could kind of guess sometimes what it was going to do, but she never controlled it. And she never figured out why it was moving on its own. So I want that to come back because that was actually pretty suspenseful, uh-huh. you know? Because it was originally going to, it was going to have a mind of its own. That's the better reason. I want the insight. I know, I know. 
But I do love that they brought that back. I was like, ah! Here's the funny thing. I always thought that was the most ridiculous thing. I was like, you're almost gonna have a mind of this. With Rapunzel unbraided. I was like, what are we talking about? Rapunzel unbraided, her hair was going to literally have a mind of its own. and It was going to move around and do stuff like... It's going to be carpet. It was going to have its own personality. There was great concept art of it like wrapping itself around Rapunzel and Eugene, and I'm like, it's a shipper. <laughs> it's one us. of us. One of us. One of us. I, I feel like that original uh, teaser for Tangled where Eugene is in the tower and the hair is, like, beaten on him, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like they were still considering having the hair have a mind of its own at that point. Because, Very I lazy. mean, we don't see Rapunzel controlling it at any point at there it's just the hair is like doing things like grabbing his boot and coming after him and all this crap so it kind of feels like you know for a while they considered it even in the current rendition and then they decided not to do that Mm -hmm. thank god see and i am happy that they didn't do that in the movie but i'm also happy they found a way to pay homage to that Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like the hair moving of its own because of some unknown magical force it works for me way better than just it's a character, you know? Um, so, yeah, so she wakes up and all this crap is going down and she goes outside and she she is going for a walk and down to the docks. And, I mean, honestly, I had, like, a stressful day at work, guys, and I was, like, watching, listening to the episodes as background noise, but, like, I tuned half of them out because I was having a stressful day at work, so <laughs> I believe at this point is where we cut to Cassandra and Eugene, and they notice that Pete and Stan are, like, really going at it, you know? <laughs> they're just they're arguing, like, ridiculously kinds of arguing, like, just bickering like children. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but like, this one of my favorite moments in this episode, and this might be one of my favorite moments in the whole series, is the whole thing where Eugene is like noticing that like the cook randomly insulted his ears. <laughs> and he gets so like self-conscious about it that the line he delivers isn't even a real sentence. Like, except for that guy, he doesn't even know what he doesn't even know what he's talking about, except that was a real sentence I just said. And what Eugene says, he kind of like puts two sentences together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sentence. It's I love that part so much. And just him being all self-conscious about the ears, which of course gives us the headcanon that he had big ears when he was a kid. So now he's like, he's grown into them, but he's still self-conscious. And so everybody in the whole palace is arguing, but they're also telling these petty truths, these unnecessary truths, mm-hmm. you know? Like Nigel, I know that, Ellie loves a bit with Nigel doesn't really talk like that. He's got this annoying nasally voice instead of this upper crust accent. So he affects his accent so that he'll be more respected and, and, you know, and, and uh, God, just all of them, everybody's telling these random secrets that you wouldn't expect them to tell or just, you know, bad mouthing each other because of a minor thing. And so they decide we're going to question we're going to question Pete because he's the source of this, or he's at least at the beginning of all this. So we got back to Rapunzel and she's down at the docks and she's sitting in a boat and here comes Varian. And this is the first time we've seen Varian. Well, first time we've seen him since not in the mood at the very, very end. But the last time we saw, the last time we saw Varian, he was picking up this potion out of the water and being quite sinister about it. Mm -hmm. So 
the fact that he shows up now and he's just got this very varying personality. Like it's very it's sunshiny. It's you know he's being serious, but he's not being cruel at all, and he's not seeming sneaky, and he's got Rudiger with him, and. So like things. And he's are, like, I understood. I understand why you did what you did. It's fine. It's totally fine. We're all fine. Liar. Really like, great. Honestly though, honestly though, I have to say that the thing that kicked me off right away was that Rapunzel hugged him and he didn't hug her back. Mm-hmm. But that is the body language of somebody who does not forgive the person who is hugging them. Mm-hmm. You know. So he he tells mm-hmm. her he he tells her, hey, by the way, your dad has the flower. You know, the sun drop flower. He's got that in the vaults. And I need to go get, we need to go get that to help Corona because that's the only way to stop the rocks. I'm positive. That's the only way to stop the rocks. So we need to get that flower. So Rapunzel's like, okay, then I guess we are going to go get the flower. And the process of getting the flower is first they have to get Hertz's book from um, under wraps because that's got the maps of all the underground tunnels. So they'll be able to find which tunnel to take to get to under the treasury so they can break into the treasury so she's gonna steal a book she's gonna steal a flower she's gonna lie to people she's just got this this laundry list of things that she actually legally should not be doing like (laughs) it's treason breaking the law (laughs) just a little bit of treason she's stealing like (laughs) she's stealing artifacts from corona she's stealing this one-of-a-kind book she's stealing this flower so yeah, she's technically committing treason against the crown by doing this. Well, like the um, flower is kind of hers, honestly. That's what I was thinking. You think that? You think that? But we also know how Frederick is. Yeah, I know, but it's still <laughs> technically hers. Like I, I don't say, care how Frederick is. I would say it's technically her. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, know, I, I I agree, but flower is her. But anyway, so. Rapunzel and Varian go on this little, you know, this little voyage underground in order to get this thing back. And there's all these booby traps and some adorable moments, like, when they're going to get squished. I mean, the line, we're going to get squished. I love that line. (laughs) I love that line so much. And just them being sandwiched between these these stone walls and all this crap. And it's adorable. And I love it. And I'm glad the two of them got to go on a caper together before everything all went to all hell and back. Um. So Cassandra and Eugene are questioning Pete. And one of the things I love about this episode is you have two instances of royal guards being afraid of Cassandra in this episode. Yeah. So they're questioning Pete and basically they're playing good cop, bad cop with him for, you know, lack of a better term. And they ask Pete to just go through his day and he goes through the most mundane, stupid crap. Like, he talks about waking up and greeting his cat. Fluffer and... nutters. <laughs> Who's my fluffer nutters? <laughs> and, and Cassandra grabs him by the front of his armor. And he's like, oh, oh, you're scary. Which is, you know, the first instance in this, in this episode where the guards are referred to Cassandra as scary. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it, it is popping back and forth between... Rapunzel and Varian and Eugene and Cassandra. And so when we get back to Eugene and Cassandra, you're still questioning Pete, but he's clearly been droning on about the most inane <laughs> drivel. And he's like, like, you know, 
could you tell us something not useless? And he's like, I gave you the recipe for my strawberry scone. That was the most <laughs> useless thing of all. So, I mean, this is a really funny episode. I mean, it really is. And it's like plot and funny at the same time. I love it. Um, so they finally get out from out of him that everybody in the entire palace and probably town has been accepting purple cookies from some stranger in a bush. I don't think Varian's yeah. the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the Corona Guard's the problem. Yeah, because you know what? Not only were they eating these cookies, they were probably telling everybody else, hey, there's a guy in a bush over there giving away free cookies. So, uh. so we come to realize that Varian is drugging everybody with his truth serum cookies. And this is how he got the information that the flower was in the vault in the first place. So, but before we learn this specifically, um, Rapunzel and Varian are, you know, going along underground, going through all these booby traps. They had to fight this automaton. And it's, you know, a big old machine thing that just runs automatically by its automaton. Because, you know, automation, it yeah, it does it automatically. So it's this mechanical guard thing that... God only knows how old this thing is. Like, we don't know if Hertzstersson put them in the tunnels or when these things came about, if Demanitus has anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of theories flying around about who invented the automatons. I just realized that these are secret tunnels. Secret tunnels! (laughs) Um, You know what, Kelsey? You need to watch Avatar. Um... I'm totally joking, but everyone go harass Kelsey on Tumblr until she watches Avatar. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. You do can it. cut Quit. that part you out. Face, <laughs> you will face our, our fake wrath. Um, so they fight this automaton, and they manage to destroy it because Rapunzel uses her hair, wraps it around a whole bunch of pillars, and it trips on her hair and then brings the pillars down on top of it. And how the ceiling did not fall down on them, I don't know. <laughs> Magic! <Man. laughs> I've always been like, you were literally taking out the support system. How is this working? Um, good construction. Shitty guards, good construction. <laughs> After they've destroyed the automaton, Varian, like, pockets one of the parts. Um, like the little did, sneaky DKs. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they go and they had this great moment. I love this bit. Um, obviously, there's a lot I love about this episode. Um, so when they find the flower and they get all these lanterns being lit and turning these lights on, and the score actually plays Healing Incantation. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh. my God, it's so amazing. And like, so that good. Was, emotional for me the first time I saw it it was just like ah I love this series so much it just makes me so happy so Varian had previously told Rapunzel that they only need a petal of the flower for him to experiment with so that they can you know make a concoction that will make the rocks go away um and so while Rapunzel is marveling at the flower Varian just pockets the whole thing and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I need the flower. And she's like, you said we only needed a petal. And he's like, well, what if I? What if one petal isn't enough? I need the whole thing. And it comes out that Varian is not here for Corona, like any of us were surprised. Um, what? I mean, he actually, well, <laughs> he's a bad person? <laughs> well, he's not a bad person. No, he's not a bad person, but he's not making good choices. He's um, making bad decisions. <laughs> But, like, during the course of their travels underground, you see him start to slip up a little bit here and there. Like, she, he, like he's like, oh, well, 
you know, I got to be able to help my dad. She goes, your dad? He goes, and, and Corona, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Corona is clearly an afterthought. Corona is clearly a cover. Now that he's got the flower, he's like, look, I don't care about Corona. I used you to get to the flower. And all I want is the flower. So um, Cassandra and Eugene, having figured out that this was Varian because of Pete and his um, description of the man with the squeaky voice in the bush, um, they're rushing off to try to figure out how to, you know, what it is that they need to find out. So they, you know, they find out that he's after the sun, the flower. And so they go over to the vaults and the guard who's guarding the vault is all like, what? There's no flower in the vault. What are you talking about? God, their guards are terrible. Just. So, <laughs> they're so another bad. Moment, another moment from this episode I adore is Eugene explains this guard. So who would you rather go up against? The king or her? <laughs> Cat cracks her knuckles and the guard just gives her the key. Like straight up <laughs> does not want to fight Cassandra, just gives her the key. So um, so this is all like clearly this is all happening kind of simultaneously and leading up to each other. So Varian now has the flower. Um, they bust in the door. Varian smoke screens his way out and Varian is now gone and he's got the entire flower. So now Rapunzel's like, I don't even know. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, she's, like, she's like, I thought we were friends, but I don't even know what he is to me anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Varian and he's in his lab and he's grinding up a bit of the flower. And he makes this paste and he spreads it on this drill and he uses the drill to try to, to break open the amber. And it doesn't work, obviously. Sure. Um, and so he's very, very, like, I, I feel for him here because he's clearly been trying a lot of things. And this was the thing he thought was going to work for sure. And it doesn't. And he's just kind of losing it. But he realizes that Rapunzel is the sun drop now, not the flower. The reason why the flower didn't work is because it doesn't actually have any magic anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he's now set to get his hands on Rapunzel so he can use Rapunzel to break the amber and that's the end of the episode and it was like thank god there was no hiatus between that episode Uh (laughs) Allie because that would have killed me um so then we move directly into Secret of the Sundrop where it is actually Rapunzel's actual birthday um birthday she is 19 now. Huzzah! <laughs> she is sitting up in her room. She's sitting on her window seat, gazing forlornly out the window, and Pascal is trying to cheer her up. And she's just not a happy monkey because things have not been going well lately. So Eugene comes in. And he's like, oh, hey, happy birthday, birthday girl. What's the matter? And she's like, what do you think the matter is? And he's all like, you know, it'll cheer you up? Presents! So then he takes her into this room. It's just, it's giant room full of presents just full (laughs) wall to wall floor to ceiling presents and then we find out that eugene is a really really good present guesser um he's like like, me i'm exactly like that (laughs) which is why ellie i like to make you presents because then you have no idea what i made you that's true (laughs) i'm really good see see i know so many people i know so many people who are good at guessing that like i've gotten really good at surprising so yay that's awesomeness. Uh-huh. So, um, so Rapunzel's like, like, wow, all of these are for me. And Eugene's like, of course, everybody loves you. Of course, all of these are for you. And 
there's this music box, this freestanding music box, like just the just the the winding bit with the keys that play the tune. And it says, wind me. So she does, and it's got this creepy tune, and she's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't really want to listen to that. And she has, then she turns around, and Friedborg's there with Belle's ball gown, because ha ha ha, yay, inside jokes. <laughs> 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 so she's like, okay, I guess I gotta go get dressed for the party. Um, I'm honestly, I'm glad she didn't put that on, because... That would have been weird. No, not just that, but like, I have something against animated or illustrated blonde people wearing yellow it just it's too much yellow i don't like it um so she's like i guess i gotta go get ready for the party so she leaves the room and everybody leaves the room with her and the music box starts to wind itself and while it is playing its little tune a very iron giant style all of these (laughs) mechanical pieces like pop out of presence and put them so start putting themselves together I mean, like, fair, it's the greatest animated film ever, so, like, if you're going to copy it... I love thinking of Varian bringing all these presents. Like, (laughs) I just love thinking (laughs) of, like, the backup work that he had to do for this. You know, you're not wrong, because it's like they were all at different places in the room, so it's like, did he, like, did he, like, send them one at a time? Did he, like, bring one in, rush out, get it put on a disguise, bring in a different one, rush out, put on a different disguise? (laughs) Like oh, and he's and so he's, small. How did he lift all of them? They must I know, dead. right? A different automaton. That's how he did it. <laughs> I love it. It's like the funniest image in my head. He's got like a mustache <laughs> on. He's like, I got another one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that would be amazing. Present for the princess of Corona. Oh uh, yeah. So they're like, are you the cookie kid? <laughs> They would, though. They'd be like, hey, you brought so- us cookies. And he's like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? I'm not the one who brought you cookies. I brought no one, nothing, nowhere. What? Wait, no, except for the Princess of Corona right now. I'm bringing her yeah. present. <laughs> so Rapunzel and Eugene are talking, and they're like, by the way, where the hell is Cassandra? You know, it's like it's my birthday, and she's my my lady-in-waiting. Where is she? And so then they find out that she it has been given stable duty. And they're like, why does she have stable duty? And Rapunzel's like, because my dad read my journal! And I was so happy. I was so happy when Rapunzel got mad at Frederick for reading her journal. Because I'm like, yes! This is what I need. Anger at this thing. This invasion of privacy. So, because Frederick read Rapunzel's journal, he found out that Cassandra had to do with her hair growing back. And if y'all might recall, because of course we all remember this moment because it's such a great moment. Mm -hmm. In what the hair, Cassandra says that if it is known that she helped Rapunzel leave Corona, then she would be sent off to a convent. Quote her, literally a (laughs) convent. And she makes this great Italian hand gesture. And it's just so, it's like, yeah, it was a very memorable moment. And then it turns out that that is literally the truth. Mm-hmm. That Frederick read the journal, found out that Cassandra helped Rapunzel get out, and so he's sending her off to a convent. What a meanie! Mm-hmm. So, she's got stable duty until that time. He's basically separating them. Like, you can't be anywhere near Rapunzel, and then you have to leave. So, um, Rapunzel's like, okay, you know what? Screw this, I'm talking to my dad. Like, for realsy reals, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go tell my dad off about invading my privacy and sending my best friend away, and this is not cool. Mm-hmm. So she goes storming back into the throne room, and this is like, what, the second time in two days that she's gone storming into the throne yeah. room? 
So she goes, she's like, hi, you suck. <laughs> but like, I mean, because like literally in um, The Alchemist Returns, you have like people in town are wishing her happy birthday. So it's like, it's the day before her birthday. They're setting up for her party. Like, so twice in two days, she goes storming in to tell Frederick off. And she goes alone. And this is important because of what happens later on. So she goes alone and she's like, look, you need to understand that you can't evade my privacy. And he's like, I did it for your protection. And she's like, I don't need protecting. He's like, you know, Varian's a real threat. I'm going to put you in the safest place I know. And he freaking locks her in the tower because she's Rapunzel. And that's what you How do, Rapunzel. How Like, so not cool. So mm-hmm. now Rapunzel's locked in the tower. And, like, I like, remember watching, oh, it, watching the episode today, I actually remember when... Tangled Before Ever After came out and we found out that her room was the tallest tower in the palace. I was like, did anyone think this through before they stuck her in the tower? And then it was like, oh, there was a reason they stuck her Uh in the tower because that was going to be important later. Uh (laughs) Darn you, Fred. And Rapunzel is in the tower, like literally he's put bars on the windows and he's got a 24-7 guard posted outside her door. She's not allowed to leave. And no one's allowed in. And no one's allowed Like in. her boyfriend. <laughs> her mother comes in. Oh, I will never stop being mad about this. Like, mm-hmm. Ara, yeah. Ariana is the epitome of a diplomat, but I hate that she came in and basically said, oh, well, he's doing it out of love, so you just got to try to understand him. It's like, no, you're the one who gave her the journal and told her to find a way to fill the pages, so you need to break her out. And even you Rapunzel was like, that your- doesn't make it right. And I was like, yes! Exactly. <laughs> you need to talk to your husband and put your foot down and say, I'm not speaking to you as, like, the queen who has no power. I'm speaking to you as the wife and the mother of your child. She's your daughter she too, bud. <laughs> staying, she's my daughter too, and she is not staying in that room. Yep. But she's a diplomat, and because she's a diplomat, she let it happen, and I will never no, not be... not okay. Uh, okay. She was locked in a tower for 18 years. How do you people not understand that this is traumatizing and terrible? Right? That's okay. Right. Her man comes to the rescue. So. Yeah! Thank <laughs> Eugene! What a good So way. then, Eugene, and this is why it was important that Rapunzel went alone, because Eugene comes into Frederick and he's like, excuse me! <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Do you understand that she was locked in a tower for 18 years? And Rose's like, whatever, it's not a big deal. And Eugene's like, it is the biggest deal in the history of deals. I love that, like, Frederick's like, well, I'm gonna do what I think is right. Mm -hmm. And Eugene's like, yeah, well, so am I. Ooh, I love that part. He just, like, tells him off and leaves and, like, mutters under his breath that he's going to save his girl. And it's so fantastic. And that is such a great moment. Uh, The only thing that would have made that scene better is if this was a show, uh, that was made for adults and he could flip him off. Flip him the bird as he walked out. Like, bye! I'm gonna go rescue my love. Okay, bye. Right. And then Frederick goes games of Game of Thrones on him and we never see Eugene again. So Shh, don't, don't that's that. not, it's not, really, not necessarily a bad thing that this is for kids. <laughs> uh, so then we get back to Rapunzel and she's in her room and she's like been told by her mother just forgive, just forgive him. You know, that kind of crap. No. Uh, 
And so then she sings this wonderful power ballad. Oh, I love that I song. I love the song Set Your Soul Free so hard because when the series started and I heard Wind in My Hair, I was like, wow, Wind in My Hair is like the opposite of When Will My Life Begin? Mm-hmm. No, Set Yourself Free is the opposite of When Will My Life Begin? Yeah. Wind in My Hair is like the segue between the two songs. Yeah. But like Set Yourself Free and then she like, paints her wall and doors, the actual physical doors. She paints this mural of birds. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. And she's basically, she has convicted her, excuse me, she has convicted herself to finding a way out. So you all, y'all need to understand that Rapunzel completely came up with this escape plan on her own. Yeah. She needed other people's help, but she came up with the plan. So... Pascal is not stopped by things like bars and tall towers. <laughs> Yay! So Rapunzel writes out this plan and she gives it, puts it in a scroll and she gives it to Pascal and Pascal runs down and he finds Cassandra just as she's leaving town. And Cassandra's basically like, whoops, guess I forgot to leave. <laughs> Oops. So, whoops. I mean, and I love all of the little integral parts of this plan because... The first part that has to happen in order for all of this to work is that Lance needs to be a distraction. <laughs> oh, so he's Lance, great at that. Lance <laughs> is so good at distracting people. And so he starts bringing Rapunzel's presence up to her room. And Stan and Peter are like, you can't go in there. He's like, come on, guys. It's me. You know me. And like, by the way, these are Rapunzel, Rapunzel's presents. It's her birthday. Shouldn't she get her presents on her birthday? <laughs> and they're like, well, we have to inspect the presents. He's like, go for it. Inspect the presents. Because he knew full well that they would get distracted by what was in the boxes. He's like, so, all part of my plan. <laughs> so he... He makes her to bring up a box with a little accordion in it. And then Pete goes to town on this accordion and he's <laughs> terrible. But Lance pretends to enjoy it because he's a distraction and a noisy distraction at that. He makes them cause a ruckus in the hall so they can't hear what's going on. <laughs> so as soon as Rapunzel sees that they're properly distracted, Pascal runs out onto the balcony and he starts flashing yellow, which is the signal down below where Cass, Eugene, Hookfoot... Well, the rest of the pub thugs are waiting with a catapult. <laughs> and so Hookfoot and Eugene sit in the catapult and Cass launches them up to the tower. And then using a very, 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 very long rope, if you think about it. Um, <laughs> none of this should have worked. None of <laughs> this. Nothing. Not, they should all be dead. <laughs> Wait, I have to back up. I completely missed a really integral part. The uh-huh. part where the automaton attacks them in the hallway. Oh, oh crap. Right. That's important. I forgot about that. I haven't watched that episode. You know, when Rapunzel forever. almost died. <laughs> yeah, so, like, okay, let me back up, like, several scenes. Sorry for <laughs> skipping this integral part, guys. We were yelling about Everyone's... Fred. We got distracted. <laughs> we so yeah. yelling. We've been yelling at Fred that we got distracted. So... Yeah, so they're they're Rapunzel, Cass, and Eugene are walking down the hall, and they get attacked by this automaton. Um, it's the automaton that you know Varian gave to her in several pieces, and we still I, now I now I've got in my head him bringing this pile of presents one at a time in various disguises, and I can't get that out of my head. So <laughs> this automaton attacks them, and um, because Varian is you know has already seen one in action and is very smart, he. You know, he's he's figured out how to get this thing working remotely, essentially. 
you know, putting it all together. And so Cass manages to stop it in the end after Eugene gets like thrown into a wall and Rapunzel's almost killed. Cass jams her sword in the music box, which is the actual mechanism that causes it to work. And that grinds it to a halt and they shove it out the window and it shatters on the ground. And, um, Shorty gives them a fish that he ate. I don't know. Shorty's <laughs> Something short. about a fish. I don't know. Shorty's shorty. <laughs> so that happened all then. And that was while Rapunzel was on the way to yell at Frederick, I think. And so then she went on to yell at Fred by herself, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so now they are getting her out of the tower in a maneuver where none of this stuff should work because Eugene gets splatted into another wall. Um, I actually recall that... Uh, Zachary Levi was interviewed before this episode came out and he said that one of the things that he loves about voicing a cartoon character is he can do things like be thrown into walls and not be hurt. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he really enjoys playing Eugene, guys. Just so, in case you were like ever curious, he really enjoys playing mm-hmm. Eugene. Um, so now that Eugene and Hookfoot are up there, they use a very, 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 very long rope tied to Hookfoot and Hook's, Hookfoot is attached to the bars on the window and the rest of the pub thugs just heave until <laughs> they have pulled the whole thing and hook foot down. And so without bars on the window, Eugene comes rushing in and Rapunzel goes running into his arms in a very sweet new dream moment. And then so the two of them go out of the balcony and she basically secures her hair to the railing and they run down the tower. And it's, <laughs> cinematic and it's epic and it's great and it wouldn't have worked in a million years if this wasn't a cartoon that whole scene is just physically just impossible (laughs) starting with being able to listen to pete for that long and ending with running down the tower (laughs) none of that should have worked so they are now out in the courtyard and um you know, the guards are starting to show up and Frederick's like, what are you doing out here? Blah, 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 blah. But then like the car- courtyard starts to get filled with all this smoke and steam and just cloudiness, mist. Um, and Varian appears in this massive voiceover. And I would like to see the device he was using to like make his voice so big and omnipresent. Mm-hmm. It was like, dang. And there's a monster in the fog. And... I swear to God, guys, I mean, you see this thing zipping around just this shadow and you see hands grabbing and it's just not enough. And then you get the one bit where it runs by and you can see the tail. And I was like, holy crap, it's Rudiger. What did he do to Rudiger? And so rare Rudiger, as I like to call him, or battle Rudiger, as a lot of people call him, the giant, giant, enormous, bulked up, steroided out Rudiger (laughs) is attacking everybody. And just like taking people down in the fog and and people are terrified and Rapunzel manages to stop him by tying him up with her hair because she's Rapunzel and she's got plans and she's smart and has a lot of hair. But while all this is going down, Varian shows up and he throws a green sparkly sleep powder at Ariana and he kidnaps Ariana. So... That yeah. happened. Oh, way to go, baby. Ariana's wearing AirPods. <laughs> oh, no. Did you guys see that meme? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Ariana, oh no, AirPods. she can't hear her. wearing AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the best use of that meme yet. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, so Varian kidnaps Ariana while all of this chaos is going down, and they've, you know, got this creature subdued. And then it just shrinks back and pops back into regular old Rudiger and runs off as regular old Rudiger. 
and grabs an nice. apple on the way out, I want to say, because he always grabs an apple. Sweet is innocent. Yes. <laughs> he is the best, most innocent character in the entire series. I love yep. him so much. Um, so they're like, okay, so what the heck is going on here? And, oh, and Captain was thrown around a bit, so now the Captain is injured. Um, and then while they're trying to, you know, reassemble themselves, take note of how many downed soldiers they have and whatnot, uh, one of the guards shows up. He's like, uh, guys, the queen's been kidnapped. Hey, so by we- the way. <laughs> by the way. So we go to... Um, I want to say we go to Varian and Ariana in the lab. And Varian is only half explaining his plan to Ariana. I'll give him credit. He didn't monologue. You uh-huh. know, he didn't just talk about what he was going to do. He, But he did do a lot of, you know, a, boy, a guy's got, a man's got to do what a man's got to do in order to, to get what's got to get done done. And she's uh-huh. like, please listen to reason. And he's like, I'll quiet you. But not nearly as bad as he did during the epic banging song. <laughs> so we get back to the cut back to the palace and Rapunzel and Frederick are talking and Frederick is like devastated. And you know, I don't blame the dude. He's like clearly overprotective of the women in his life. Um, and so Ariana's now been captured and he's very upset. And Rapunzel comes in and she's like, look, we'll get him back, get her back. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was, ter- I'm sorry. I was horrible to you. <laughs> like, well, it came out of love. And then he tells us this story. And he tells us that Kieran warned him that if he took the sundrop flower, that the rocks would happen. And he ignored Kieran. So he knew all along that this was going to happen, and he has been spending the last 18 years covering it up. Actually, I guess at this point, it's just been the last, like, year and a half. But, like, he knew it was going to happen, and as soon as it started happening, he started covering it up. Mm -hmm. And so he's comes clean he i mean we don't know what kieran knows so you know just like tangled loves to do it gave us another puzzle piece while answering a question it gave us an it gave us another question we're halfway um, through the show and we still don't have a lot of answers <laughs> don't know anything really um <laughs> the rocks made her hair grow back but why exactly <laughs> please give us something we have no answers really so we find out you know Kieran knew all along, and um, that's why he's been, you know, very, very adamant that Varian leave the rocks alone, because he's just like, I know what they do, but um, like every other father in this series, he can't be bothered to give him answers, you know? So um, they decided they need to make a game plan on how to rescue Ariana. So Frederick's like, okay, everybody in the entire town, thank you for coming into the Great Hall. Um, (laughs) We have a problem. And I can admit at this point that I need your help to undo the problem. We have to make a game plan. We have to go and rescue the queen. And everybody's like, well, we love the queen. So, yeah, sure, of course we'll help you. Um, I mean, and also we have, like, the one moment in the entire series where um, Old Lady Crowley is respectful. So, like, (laughs) that was amazing. What do you need from us, Your Majesty? She's very, very respectful, you know? Um, and who do they end up needing? Shorty. Shorty, Shorty saves the day. Shorty! <laughs> so, they're, they're strategizing, and they're like, okay, so Varian is obviously anticipating an all-out assault. 
So Rapunzel's like, so what if we give him an all-out assault, but we also are sneaky? We're going to do both. <laughs> oh, and while, while, while Varian was monologuing in the fog, he did allow everybody to know that he needed Rapunzel. And that's what his actual goal was, was to get Rapunzel. So He's they're like, like, okay. I'm here to steal the princess. <laughs> and they're like, what? And he's like, never mind. <laughs> I stole the queen first. I'll give you a trade off. So, um, so they make this game plan that they're going to do an all-out assault first, and then they go into like the greatest song in the history of Tangled so far. So good, so like, good. Ready as I'll ever be. I'm going to say again that it wasn't just Ready as I'll Ever Be that was up for the Annie. It was both the songs and all the music in this episode that were up for the Annie. But it should have won. Like, seriously, it should have won. This mm-hmm. song is so good. So, Ready As I'll Ever Be plays, and I cannot... I mean, and here's the thing, is that Ready As I'll Ever Be is actually really narrative, so I kind of want to go over it a bit. So we start with Varian, and he's, you know, working on his stuff. Like, we know he's got a plan. We can tell that he's anticipating their attack. So he's and working on his defense. And... He has the very interesting lines of, you know, he's aware that he's not necessarily doing the right thing, but it's a thing that has to be done. He acknowledges his role as the bad guy, but he's like, but, you know, it's got to be this way. Mm. And I'm ready as I'll ever be to be this person I have to be. And so then we cut to, you know the guards and they need to lead this assault but the captain can't do it because he threw his back out getting thrown around by Rudiger. and there's that adorable scene with Eugene and the captain mm-hmm. there's that adorable scene with Eugene and the captain you gotta remember guys the captain Eugene used to be at each other's throats constantly and Eugene is now like protective of him and making sure he's okay and it's just like there's so much character development I love it so much and the character development continues when the captain gives command to Cassandra So he's like, look, I can't lead the assault, but Cassandra can lead the assault. And in that moment, the captain won best dad in the Tangled. He did win best dad. That's pretty easy in this show, though. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like how Bail Organa is the best dad in the Star Wars universe. I'm like, he has no competition. competition, He has literally no competition. He raised Leia Organa. Like, (laughs) yeah. And and everyone else is just a garbage human being. (laughs) (laughs) So he he gives command over to to Cassandra. And then, like, for the first time ever, Cassandra, like, really sings. Like, sing in, you know... She sang in Queen for a Day, but she had kind of, you know, a chirpy little verse. But this was, like, ballad Cassandra. Uh This was... And my sister was like, they're finally using Eden Espinosa to her full potential. Yes. I think that's exactly what she said about this moment. And yeah. so you get, you get, you know, and it's great animation. Like she has such bouncy curls in that animation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Eugene gets his one solo line and it is like a mm. knee melting solo line. Like he has like. One other line later on, but he's also backed up by the chorus. So Eugene doesn't have a lot of, like, Eugene has so few solos in this song 
that Zach said that he didn't really sing in the episode. So, like, clearly Zach didn't count this song, I guess. But his parts were so good. I remember the first time we heard him, I was like, oh. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes. So, it's like, ah! <laughs> and fantastic stuff. And so then after, you know, the guards and Eugene and Cass sing about how they're ready as they'll ever be to go off and fight. And by the way, Lance is joining them. Lance is. Yay! I mean. I mean, yes, James, James didn't sing, but Lance is in the chorus. So James will be singing soon. I'm so excited. Yes. So then we go to Rapunzel and Frederick, who are going to be doing the sneak attack. And Frederick, I'd like to point out, is back in his like outfit from In Like Flynn. Like, that's his sneak ninja outfit. That's the only <laughs> way I can think of it. Ninja outfit. So, and he like made a stop in the kitchen to get her a frying pan because he knows that's her weapon of choice. So, like, there's a big point here where, like, it's actively showing that Frederick is, like, playing to Rapunzel's strengths instead of holding her back. And um, that's significant also right there. I mean, it's no apologizing for reading her journal, but it is, you know, at least forward progress. Uh-huh. Um, so they're approaching in a very you know, subterfuge type of way, whereas everybody else is doing a headlong assault so that they'll be distracting in this headlong assault. Um, and then we close out finding out that Varian is, he's got something in the basement, and that's all we know. Oh, he's, he's going savage. <laughs> <laughs> he's got something in the basement. So we cut back to the advancing party, and um, they've got Shorty dresses Rapunzel because they know that Varian is after Rapunzel. So they're like, well, we've already got Shorty. <laughs> okay, okay. But you have to think about all of the logics going in on this. First of all, they're like, well, we've already got the wig that Eugene made in Challenge of the Brain. <laughs> There's actually like a bunch of callbacks in this episode that I quite like. Yeah. So they've already got they've already got that wig. So they've dressed Shorty as Rapunzel, and. Shorty decides he's going to sing Wind in My Hair, and he's terrible at it. I'd just he like did an amazing job. How dare you? Okay. Agree to disagree. Shorty is the best boy. <laughs> he is. Or And then there's also this great line from Lance where he's like, oh, well, if I know Varian then something or another, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that made me love that line is that Lance has literally never met Varian? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like waiting for all, in all of season one for Lance and Varian to actually meet. But like the one episode they're in together, they don't meet. I'm just yep. like, oh, you like, wasted potential. That would have been amazing. So if I know Varian, Lance, honey, you don't know Varian. <laughs> um, so they're leading this assault and then all of these automatons start coming to life and attacking them. And uh, Varian has, Varian, not only did he learn from the palace, but I think he also specifically already thought of this, that he wanted to put their guard down by having the one in the palace easily attackable. So instead he put casing over their mechanisms so that you couldn't just like smack it with a sword and it was done. So um, Eugene has the brilliant plan of, trip them and knock them into the spikes because the spikes are the hardest thing I know of and they're spiky. So his plan is working brilliantly. There's just a lot of automatons that everybody has to try to take down. So they're all out there battling robots. 
And meanwhile, Rapunzel and Frederick have snuck in the back way into Varian's lab. And Varian's standing by the window. And they go to get him. But it's not Varian. It's Ragdoll Varian. And, like, why has Disney not made plushy Ragdoll Varian? Like, Right? <laughs> I like how Fred, like, grabs it. Like, what was he going to do? Like, yeet it? <laughs> he was like, ah! <laughs> She's going to throttle the boy. That's all he's going to do. He's lost all of his sense of purpose. So... It's a rag doll, and it was sitting on, like, a trap, of course, because Varian's great at booby traps. And so, y'all remember that purple goo from What the Hair? Yeah, now Rapunzel and Frederick are stuck in the purple goo from What the Hair. Um, and Varian very casually just puts Pascal in a cage. He's like, you're a chameleon, what are you going to do to me? So, um, so now Rapunzel and Frederick and Pascal are all trapped, and so now Varian can monologue. Mm-hmm. So... He's talking he about how he starts monologuing. <laughs> he's not wearing a cape, so he's all good. Yeah. I know. Um. So he's, you know, telling them basically, you know, Rapunzel, you are the sun drop, so I need your hair. And in case you don't want to help me, by the way, I've got your mom not only chained to the floor, but you see this amber that my dad is encased in. I'm gonna do the same thing to your <laughs> mom. I mean, and it takes a little while to grow, so you've got some time, and. The thing is that Rapunzel's like, I'll help you, but let my mom go. And he's like, oh, I don't make any promises. So, like, he was just straight up ready to kill Ariana. Uh Just, like, just straight up ready to do it. But, Marion, it's not a good idea to commit regicide. It's really not. It's not. It's messy. It's a bad idea. (laughs) Attempted regicide is also bad. Um, But, however, Varian has possibly Varian's greatest line in the entire series thus far. Where Frederick's like, you'll never get away with this. And Rapunzel's like, it's not your decision, Dad. And he goes, yeah, Dad. And it's like, She's dad. Right, dad. Ethically <laughs> sarcastic tone of voice. And it's just like, that is the greatest thing Varian has ever said. And his expression, he's just leaning on his sword like it's no big deal. And like, that is like top sass Varian in that mm-hmm. moment. That is just, that is the Varian I hope is in, is, is, there the next time we see Varian. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want top sass Varian. I don't want angry, pissy, baby boy Varian. I want top sass Varian. Yes. I want the kid who is, like, so done with his family, but, like, at least is able to, like, exist in society. Mm-hmm. So he frees Rapunzel from the goo so that he can drag her hair into that drill and, like, go at and turn it into the drill bit. I mean, the whole point is that he's using her hair as the drill bit since her hair is, you know, so hard it can't be cut or destroyed by anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, clearly this thing that can't be destroyed by anything can drill into this amber, which is the same density as these rocks that her hair cannot destroy. This makes perfect sense. I'm a scientist. Um, I mean, it's perfect sense. Like, cause I don't know if y'all know much about this sort of thing, but two things that are of equal density cannot harm each other because they're the exact same density. It's just, <laughs> or hardness. It's, yeah, it's hardness. It's sort of like the reason why they often use diamonds as drill bits is his diamond is one of the hardest substances on earth. So very little can resist diamond. So I guess he's trying to use her hair like a diamond drill bit, except it's her hair. So did he even try diamonds? I wonder if he tried diamonds. I don't know, but maybe he should. He should have stolen her crown instead of the flower. Come on, Varian. (laughs) Come on, Varian. So he's using her her hair as this drill bit, and it's just like 
leeching this power from her, like this wave after wave of energy, and it, clearly it hurts her and it's draining her energy. And Rudiger's like, I am best boy. I love Varian, but he's not being a good person he's right now. He's not being best gonna, boy. He is yes. not best boy. And so, you took the words right out of my mouth, Kelsey. <laughs> and so he frees Pascal and gives Pascal the salt that neutralizes the purple goo. Magic salts. Yeah, magic salts. <laughs> so the crystal, so the amber is ever growing towards Ariana, and Rapunzel is sitting here like being drained, and then like the the drill like breaks because their hair, her hair, and the amber is the same hardness or whatever. But now Frederick is freed, so he just yeets his sword over to Ariana, and she catches it one handed and brings it down on the chain and smashes the chain. And I'm like, where has that Ariana been the entire season? Mm-hmm. My- that is such a great moment. And here's the thing. He knew she could catch it and he knew that she knew what to do with it. Like there was like no hesitation and she was completely skilled in what she did. There was no like, oh, I got to get a better grip on it. No, she just caught it and broke the chain. And, you know, everything goes to hell for Varian all at the same time. The machine breaks. Rapunzel's parents are free. They rush up. They they gather Rapunzel into their arms. They have this lovely family group hug. And he's left here with his dad still in Amber. So he just, I mean, he has not previously gone off the deep end. We thought he has, but no, this is what sends him off the edge. <laughs> because the way that he put it, he starts just calling his deniability to his dad. You know, this isn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And he looks at Rapunzel and her happy family and he says, it's her fault. And so he just kind of runs off and Rapunzel and Frederick and Ariana all head outside. And meanwhile, everybody has been outside successfully destroying all of the automatons. <laughs> and so they step outside and Eugene's like, oh, hey, look, it's Rapunzel. Rapunzel's fine. And then here comes this really big automaton. Mm -hmm. But it's not an automaton. It's actually a mecha because Varian is piloting it. He's in the cockpit and he's pulling the levers and he put like emo eyeliner on it. And I don't (laughs) even know what is up with the emo eyeliner on his his mecha. But I will never not call that emo eyeliner. It's not a It's beautiful. I love it. His emo eyeliner. I'm going to, I wonder if Kate designed that. Mm -hmm. Kate, did you design that? Um, Because she, she... Boarded a lot of these scenes with the emo eyeliner mecca and everything. So there's all um, Evangelion on their butts. (laughs) (laughs) So they are, so you know, everybody kind of scatters and Cass goes running towards this automaton to take, well, this mecca to take it down, and Varian just snatches her out of the air. He's like, yoink! With like (laughs) the worst line ever. It's like so cringy. It's like, one part pun, one part really cringely hitting on her. And it's just like, stop, Varian, stop. It's like, you're not allowed to hit on someone when you're crushing them to yeah. death. <laughs> I mean, he literally it's said, I always illegal. knew I'd sweep you off your feet. And it's, it's like, illegal. but here's the thing. I always knew I'd sweep you off your feet. I'm like, did they consider, you know, you always knew I had a crush on you. I'm like. Oh, <laughs> that would have been better. See, that was the line I was I was hoping for. So yeah. he grabs Cass and he grabs Ariana and he just starts squeezing them to death. I mean, not like super duper fast and going by like, I don't get the impression that he couldn't have done it fast if he wanted to, but he's just going at it nice and slow. And Rapunzel's like, no, nope, no, nope, 
the end. We're done. This is no, we're not putting up with it anymore. So she makes her stand. And I don't know if it was just intuition or instinct or what made her decide that this was going to work, but she's absolutely right. She just holds out her hands and she summons the spikes from the ground and she grabs the spikes. And all of a sudden, this is like an anime battle between a mecha and a magical girl. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's up with this, but it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So now she's got control of the spikes. So she, you know, Varian goes running at her in the mecha and one spike at a time, she is tearing this thing apart. She takes off its leg and she takes off its arms and her, you know, Cass and her mom are like freed from the grip because they're no longer, you know, they're no longer trapped in under the mechanization. And the machine goes barreling down towards towards Rapunzel and Varian still like wiggling levers and she just impales it through mm-hmm. the body of the machine. She just ends it. And, you know, sorry, Varian, that was an amazingly epic battle. You know, like, you fought well, she just did you better. Mm-hmm. So now that she has taken down the mecha... All of a sudden, all of the spikes just, like, all of them stand up straight, and they realign, and they change direction towards the wall, and they go barreling towards the wall, and they just break a hole in it. And Rapunzel lets go, and she, like, passes out. And Eugene runs for her, and he grabs her, and he's all worried. And I love this scene. I'm so sorry. I really love this scene. Okay, so he, he grabs her, and... She w- opens her eyes and kisses him and just says so sweetly, hi. Oh. Just like, the sweetest little hi ever. And he's got this totally shocked, disbelieving expression. And here's the thing I want you guys to understand is this goes back to me talking about the great things with the animation. When Eugene says we have got to find better ways to start spending your birthday, he's moving his head a lot and that's actually hard to do mm-hmm. in animation. Like... It was so well animated, that scene, and there was so much emotion in his face and his voice, and it's just so freaking great. And then Rapunzel realizes that there's now a hole in the wall, and she doesn't have to sneak out, there's just this hole. And the spikes, like, flatten themselves out and are, like, flush with the ground and are just like this road of arrows pointing out towards the world that she wants to explore. And so... You know, she and everybody are at the wall, and Frederick basically says, okay, I realize now that you can you can take care of yourself, and so go live your destiny. And then the lanterns come in for her birthday. Like, I don't know who lit the lanterns, because, like, I thought everybody was in town fighting automaton. <laughs> That's what Neil said tonight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but so I guess, like, all the kids are still at home. Like, we didn't see any of the little, little kids. With flames you know? and lanterns. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they timed it perfectly. <laughs> it's like, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, so, it just reminded so, me of a vine. <laughs> so, the lanterns come floating over out into the world, and so with a backdrop of her birthday lanterns, Rapunzel takes her first approved step out into the world, and the scene ends. But then, surprising everybody, it picks back up. And there's this woman that we don't know. She's got white hair and she's got this sword made of black rock. 
and she draws her sword and she slices right through one of the black rocks. And that's the end of season one. So we were all like, (laughs) (laughs) like, as I recall, season two started, we just called her mysterious sword woman. Like that was her name. She still kind of is mysterious sword woman. Mysterious sword woman. (laughs) So like, okay. So guys, this was like, that was a great ending to season Mm -hmm. one. Like seriously, I don't know if y'all saw it when it was airing brand new for the first time or what, but like, this was a phenomenally epic season one. I really, really loved it. It was so great. Um, and we can only go up from here. And we can only go up from like, here. That was amazing. And I understand from basically everybody who works on the show that from here on in, I don't mean from season one on in, I mean from our hiatus stopping point on in, it only gets better. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, oh. the rest of season two was phenomenal. I understand that season three is, like, mind-blowingly phenomenal. So it's like, I know that, like, various people who've worked on the show, their favorite episode has not aired yet because their favorite episode's in season three. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm so excited, guys. And in a matter of days, we're picking season two back up. So... This is, like, phenomenal. I mean, this was, like, a great way to stop. And I just realized now how long this particular podcast has gotten. But (laughs) we warned you in advance that this was going to be a doozy of a podcast. And we had to finish this out because guess what, guys? In days, we come back from the hiatus. We are finally done. We've made it through six months and four days of hiatus and i don't think it's coming back gently i think it's gonna smack us in the face i don't know (laughs) for one thing for one thing they are definitely giving us two episodes a day or two episodes a week until you know i until the end of march we don't yet have april schedule i just don't see them stopping now i don't think they're going to give us another break after that i think they're just be like look it's already made just air it yep so please i think that we are now going to do the last bit of road to the end of season two and then probably take another break because that's how they do so this has been a really really fun one like i said i didn't even realize how long we'd run this time it was just that much fun this was a fun one to record guys Mm -hmm. like running three episodes was fun Mm -hmm. um so thanks for sticking with us if you stuck around this long um, even if you had to like, you know, pause and take a couple breaks, because my gosh, this is almost a two hour long podcast. Um, thanks again. I am so excited for this weekend and um, can't wait to talk about the new episodes with you guys, because yes. starting next week, we are going to be reviewing Peril on the High Seas. The first new episode we've had for six months. <sighs> so see you then, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.